to the Simply Healthy You podcast, your place for overcoming overwhelm with your health to reach your fullest potential. I'm your host, Casey Kane, and I am so pumped to have you here. I'm a recovering burnt out high achiever who was diagnosed with an autoimmune thyroid condition by my early 30s. I didn't realize that running myself ragged in the name of being superwoman and determined to achieve all the things in life was killing my body. I created this podcast so that you don't have to continue the struggle like I did for over a decade. I sat down, studied the data, and simplified what it means to prioritize your own health needs so that you can be the best for all the things on your to-do list. Everything you hear on this podcast, I have tested and implemented in my own super-packed life with my family to bring you the tips, tools, and strategies that will keep your life simply healthy. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Simply Healthy You podcast. I am so grateful to be infiltrating your brain with today's topic because it has been, I can't believe it, months since I released my last podcast episode. And if you didn't know, I had a baby in that time, shortly after actually the release of my last podcast episode. And my plan was totally to get a few extra episodes recorded ahead of time so I could release them over the last few weeks and take a little bit of a break. And of course, like many things, sometimes the best laid plans do not work out. (laughs) And so I have not recorded any new podcast episodes, and this is the first opportunity that I'm getting. I don't really have an opportunity to do it during the day, so I am now doing it at night. And uh, that's often hard as well because, you know, with newborns, you wake up a lot and I'm very tired by this point in the day, but I'm so excited. I love the podcast. I love talking to you here. I love sharing information with you here. And I've loved getting the feedback over the last couple of months from you about what you've gotten out of the different episodes on the podcast and some ideas for new episode topics. I'm so excited to dive into those things. So I am kicking it off with talking about macros and protein today. And side note, I didn't forget that many people have requested my birth story. I will definitely record that at some point. It's still, let me say, it still gets me very aggravated (laughs) to think about some of the things that happened. I know I had mentioned some of it on my Instagram. If you don't follow me there, you absolutely should at Simply Healthy Casey. And so I know that you saw a little bit about what I was sharing there and it still makes me very angry and I still have yet to figure out a way to eloquently share on the podcast, but I will absolutely include that on an upcoming episode when I'm ready to record that. So today, today we're going to talk about something that doesn't make me angry. Well, maybe makes me angry a little bit. Uh, (laughs) That is macros and protein intake. First, I want to back it up and talk about what are nutrients, because I think we all like know or think we know what nutrients are, but really when it comes down to it, the definition is a food chemical and it must be consumed because it cannot be made by the body. Nutrients are chemicals at the end of the day. So when we talk about things being chemical free, that's actually not a correct statement at all. Like nothing can really ever be chemical free. Everything is made of chemicals, but there are, you know, healthful chemicals and then toxic chemicals, right? Nutrients are chemicals that assist in creating and restoring health. There are so many nutrients out there, many of which have yet to even be identified that we don't even know what kind of impact they're having on our body. And this is a reason why you'll hear me talk about 
eating a high variety of plant foods a lot. Like variety is definitely important. When you're first starting out, it's not something I would have you get bogged down with. Uh, but as you continue on the journey of eating more plants, getting variety is really, really important because we don't even know yet the benefit of all of the nutrients that come in those beautiful little packages. Phytochemicals are also part of nutrient categories that have important biological functions that promote, create, and restore health as well. And then of course, there's toxic chemicals that are found in today's food system that do not promote health, things like pesticides and herbicides, and many of which the body cannot detoxify properly. So that is also a really important topic that we'll talk about at another time. And I think we all know the main nutrient classifications. We've got carbohydrates, fats, proteins, vitamins, minerals, and I like to add water in there because it is absolutely essential <laughs> to keep us healthy. And so I consider it a nutrient in and of itself. Let's talk about the macronutrients. And I know we all know those. Those are your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. They are the main suppliers of nutrients in our diet. And each is present in almost every single food that we consume. Each macronutrient has a specific role and function in the body, and together they supply us with energy, which is measured as calories. We cannot live without macronutrients, even for a short period of time, because they're needed for everything from growth and development to sustaining circulation and cognitive function and immune health and everything in between. So that's why this topic gets me a little bit angry, because there are so many diets out there telling people to cut out almost an entire macronutrient category. How many times have carbs been vilified? And for a long time in the 90s, fat was also vilified. And all the low fat craze, I think, has just been replaced by the low carb craze. I mean, we're just always trying to cut out a macronutrient except for protein. And that's why I'm going to specifically talk about protein today and go into more detail about fat and carbs on another episode. But protein is the one where everyone's always like, let's eat more protein, the more the better. And we'll talk about whether or not that's actually true. Fat and carbohydrates are carbon containing compounds that provide energy, aka calories. They are extracted during metabolism to create health. Protein is a nitrogen containing chemical and it's used to create things like body tissue, enzymes, hormones, and things like that. All nutrients help maintain health. I'm going to say that again so you don't have to rewind. All nutrients help maintain health. All of them. All of them. Do we get it? Not just a few. All of them. They operate within a delicate chemical balance, and it can be thrown off by numerous diet and lifestyle factors, right? I mean, we've chosen to throw off our nutrient balance at times because we've been told that that's the correct thing to do. Any claims that a particular nutrient or a whole food containing any nutrients is so quote unquote good or bad that would, that we must either pursue it like, you know, eat all the protein in the world or avoid it, like cut out your carbs, are often very unhelpful oversimplifications, gross oversimplifications. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight when it comes to protein. I'm not here, as you know, to convert anyone to being totally plant-based. I don't, I'm not here to tell you to become a vegan, but I do feel that it is my job to present you with all of the nutrition data that I have been studying so that you can make the most informed decisions for your own life, because there is a lot of information out there. And I know that you're here because you value being able to have it broken down in a simplified way, because AKA Simply Healthy Casey here. (laughs) 
So that's why I wanted to talk about protein specifically on this episode. As you know, the Simply Healthy Method is focused on at least 90% whole food plants because that is what is evidenced to be the best diet for health and longevity. That last 10% currently has no statistical significance. And I say currently because science is always changing. If anyone ever tells you that the science is settled, uh, then they're not really a good scientist. They're not a good researcher because science is the pursuit of more information. We are always gathering more data. Now, I will tell you and say that much of the data shows this, and that is the best information that we have to work with at this current time. And really, I don't follow small studies. I look at the studies that really have been continuing to repeat what findings have been, you know, previously. So for many, many decades and many, many years, because I think the studies that can be replicated again and again and again, and you're seeing similar results again and again and again are far more powerful than any short-term study. It's those observational studies that can be really helpful as well in there. But anyway, let's let's not get into all the different types of research. Protein is definitely one of those controversial nutrients. Really, I think all of the macronutrients are controversial in their own way, right? But especially when we start to discuss more plant-based eating. For some reason, whenever you talk about eating more plants, someone has to be like, well, where are you going to be getting your protein from? Like, you weren't concerned when I was going through the fast food drive through on where I was getting my vitamins and minerals. Why now are you concerned where my protein is coming from? I assure you, there is nothing to worry about. What I do want to say is that animal-based proteins have long been coveted because they promote faster growth. Like when it comes down to it, there's no denying that eating animal protein will promote faster growth. And additionally, the human body is actually able to utilize animal-based proteins more efficiently. But what are the causes and consequences of that efficiency? Is it in and of itself a good thing for that process to be so efficient. Let's go back a little bit. In 1914, researchers discovered that lab lab rats <laughs> grew more rapidly when fed animal-based proteins than when fed plant-based proteins. And continued research yielded the same results in lab rats. Although the protein and amino acid requirements for humans were unknown at the time, scientists hypothesized that plant-based foods might not support normal growth in rats or humans, because they lacked certain amino acids. So animal foods like dairy, meat, and eggs were thus classified as class A protein sources, while plant foods, vegetables, and fruits were classified as inferior. They were class B proteins. Now, all animals must continuously replenish their proteins. We have to eat protein every day. Our body doesn't store it. We need to continuously be replenishing it. The protein contained in food provides the amino acids necessary for protein synthesis. The more closely the ratios of individual amino acids in a given food match the ratios of corresponding amino acids in the eater, so humans, animals, etc., the more efficiently that eater will use the food to synthesize protein. So it makes sense that when we eat animal products, because the amino acid ratios of animals resembles the amino acid ratios of other animals more closely than the amino acid ratio of plants, animals are more like each other than they are like plants, right? That's basically what we're saying here. We're more like each other than we are like plants. So humans, therefore, utilize animal-based proteins more efficiently than plant-based proteins. But again, 
is this a good thing? Now, this is why animal-based proteins historically have been labeled high quality and higher biological value, but is that actually a good thing? High value, high quality protein is simply that which promotes more efficient protein synthesis and more efficient cell division and body growth. But is that superior? Many scientists certainly use this language because they assumed that protein from meat was superior. This is where it started. They said, well, if it synthesizes better and we're able to use it better, then it must be better. And from a consumer perspective, high value, high quality food sounds preferable, right? As it turns out, though, here's the kicker, efficient protein utilization is not inherently advantageous. In fact, high-quality proteins also efficiently promote undesirable growth. And this is the part that I really want to point out because animal proteins do not discriminate. So they help promote growth and they help promote growth of all things within your body, including things like cancer cells and atherogenic tissue that leads to heart disease. I mean, all of those undesirable impacts, it doesn't discriminate. By contrast, though, the amino acid compositions of plant proteins, which is always a bit of a mismatch with ours, are also less efficient at promoting unwanted growth. So because it takes more work for us to break down that plant protein and make it into something that's usable within our body and it makes for slower growth, not impossible growth, need I say, because the growth still happens. It's just slower with plants and with plant proteins, which also helps with not promoting unwanted growth, which is why we have seen so many studies that say that a variety of plants are really great for preventing and fighting cancer or preventing and curing heart disease. I mean, this is why we see all of these, all of this emerging data now that is showing how beneficial plants are in our diet because it takes more work and that unwanted growth isn't happening. Unfortunately, though, the relationship between protein and disease has long eluded many scientists. The idea that plant foods contain incomplete proteins, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I've heard it many, many times uh, where people have said like, well, if you eat rice and beans together, then you're getting complete proteins, you're getting all your amino acids. An incomplete protein means that it is lacking or deficient in certain amino acids. And it's been a big concern for many people, understandably so, because if they were actually deficient in amino acids, like we need those. There are nine essential amino acids that we absolutely have to consume on a regular basis because our body does not make them. And we need that. We need those nutrients. Many people believe for a long time that vegetarians and vegans could only be healthy if they ate particular plant foods in particular combinations. Like I mentioned, having to eat rice and beans together because then you get that complete protein with all the amino acids. But this idea has become so entrenched. It's very talked about still today, and it is not actually valid. Scientists now understand that plant foods do contain all essential amino acids. We can look at them and we can see that they do actually contain all of it. And the bottom line here and the consensus among scientists today is that the differences between amino acid ratios and plant proteins versus animal proteins actually makes the plants more beneficial for humans because of that slow growth factor. Despite the mismatch, plant proteins don't require those meticulous combinations at every individual meal. 
as long as you are eating a varied whole food plant-based diet, you are getting all of the essential amino acids that you need. So there's no need to overthink it. There's no need to pair certain things together. This issue of protein quality has been completely overblown. It is, I mean, we can all think about times where someone has mentioned that plants are just inferior when it comes to protein. And it's just not, it's absolutely not true. There's, there's no data to support that anymore. We have more evidence now than we did in 1914 when the first scientist, you know, created these hypotheses that said, well, then it's probably not the best option for humans. Many people believe we need more protein than plants can provide. That's also another, you know, issue that we hear a lot when it comes to plants and protein. When you compare a piece of steak or a piece of chicken to a cup of beans or some tofu or some tempeh, the the protein's going to look different. Animal products will definitely have a higher amount of protein. But people also believe that excess protein is not a concern. And excess protein in the form of animal proteins is absolutely something that we should be concerned about. I'm not going to go into that uh, too much tonight, but there is, there is a max threshold there for most of us. In 1943, and it's been reviewed every five years since, the RDA, or the Recommended Daily Allowance for Protein, so this is theoretically the amount at which 98% of people will meet or exceed their physiological needs, right? That's how how they create the RDA for all of these different nutrient categories. It's remained at about 8 to 10% of total calories. I'm going to repeat that again. (laughs) The RDA for protein has been about 8 to 10% of calories, of total calories that you consume in a day since 1943. So where we all got the idea that we need to be eating so much more protein every single day, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Even those who are into fitness, you know, I love to lift and I want to build muscle and all that kind of stuff really do not need to be increasing their protein intake that much more than 10%. You might take it up to 15, 20%. But really, again, the the issue of protein and this idea that we need to keep consuming so many grams of protein has really been uh, inflated to a a ridiculous level. When you're eating a whole food plant-based diet, primarily plant-based diet, you're going to get eight to 10% of your total calories as protein because every single plant has some protein. Yes, a tomato is going to have far less protein than, you know, beans or again if we're comparing animal products, obviously far less, but there is protein in all of those plant foods. And the RDA exceeds the experimentally determined protein requirement. So when you're looking at uh, I don't want to get I don't want to bog down too much in the science here, but when you look at when they have figured out experimentally how much protein intake we actually need. It's even less than that eight to 10%, but they set the RDA a little bit higher because they want to make sure again, that people are achieving it, that are, they're achieving their, their minimum. So long story short, a whole food plant-based diet provides as much protein as almost anyone would require. And I mean, do we need to say much more than that? (laughs) We can let the overemphasis on protein go. 
Now, on another episode, I will go into a little bit more about the upper limit on protein. There is an upper limit on protein, especially if you are still someone who is eating animal products. Again, I'm not here to convert you to being all plant-based or uh, completely vegan. Uh, You know, I think that that 90% whole food plant-based will really help with any animal products that you choose to consume. And again, will help to balance out that protein ratio and balance out your macros better so that there isn't any one category that you are over consuming. There is, there is always too much of a good thing. seems to come up over and over again. There's always these cases of too much of a good thing. And I think here, again, we're just getting to a point where we have more data to go off of when it comes to nutrition science, and we're starting to realize these things. And so don't stress so much about your, about your protein, even if you are trying, even if you want to be a super lean bodybuilder competitor, you still don't need that much protein. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. I am so happy to be back and talking with you again. Thank you so much for listening. I'm always so grateful to have you here and I can't wait to hear your feedback and get some more episodes pumped out for you in the future. Thank you so much for listening to the Simply Healthy You podcast. If these episodes are resonating with you, go ahead and click that subscribe button and leave a review with all the great nuggets that you're taking away from today's episode. I promise you, I read every single one of them as your feedback is really valuable to me in creating future episodes. As your host, I look forward to having you join me for the next episode. But in the meantime, remember, keep it simple and eat more plants.